friends, Romans, countrymen. Friends, humans, countrymen. Welcome to the Sydney Hollis Show. It's your podcast for Friday, May 19th. Earliest you can hear this is a May 19th. My introduction will be, you'll know why I said that momentarily. We're going to talk a little Caesar today. We're also going to check in on the listener line, on the listener line, humans. Boy, I'll tell you what, the spring is flying by. It could just be that we had a real taste of warm weather here in New York, and then we had these rainy days. Then we got another taste of warm weather. It's been all over the place. Back, back to, I had to wear a jacket to eat lunch outdoors two days ago. And today. It was hot as Hades <laughs> before that. Who knows? Welcome in. Welcome in. Gather ye round, humans. Gather ye round. So I want to talk a little Caesar. I want to talk, <laughs> you guessed it, more artificial intelligence. And the listener line... In, if it sounds like I'm chewing, I'm not. I'm, I'm like, I'm like ghost chewing. I was eating some trail mix before I started recording. I assure you I'm done consuming it, but it's, I, I guess the, the, the taste of the nuts are still in my mouth. And so I'm, I'm like biting at air. So forgive me, humans. That might sound weird. And yes, I just proudly exclaimed the taste of nuts in my mouth. But I wanted to say, today's listener line um, submission's a little spicy. I think, I think, I'm fired up. Uh, so let's talk about Caesar. Julius Caesar, that is. What a legacy. What a legacy. Right now, in our lives, there's the Caesar salad. Right now, in our lives, there's Little Caesar's pizza. <laughs> and right now, in our lives, there's Caesar's, the gambling entity. Hotel Casino in Las Vegas. Hotel Casino in Atlantic City. And of course, the app. The sports betting app. Of course, uh, the front man for that in the commercials is J.B. Smoove. And I guess I think to myself, I just have to wonder. You know, here's this guy, Julius Caesar. General, statesman, eventually dictator. I, I guess you would say emperor. My history could use a bit of a brush up. But famous guy, famous guy, <laughs> contributed a lot to history. Seemingly did a lot of good. 
But do we think when he was a murmuring et tu, Brute, on the steps of the Senate, do we think when he was murmuring that, he also wondered, like, well, I'm dying now, but I wonder if they'll name a salad after me. <laughs> well, I'm dying now, but I wonder if they'll put the word little in front of my name and name a pizza chain out of Detroit about me, or after me. Hot and ready. $5 large pizzas. As he's there, bleeding out on the portico of the Senate, staring at Brutus, saying, you too? Does he think, oh, people will go gamble at hotel casinos and on an app called Caesars and they'll lose all kinds of money in my name? I don't know. Makes you wonder. On occasion, if I've been at a job and I've gotten a salad for lunch, you know, people just small talk. It's like, oh, what'd you get? What are you having to eat? What are you eating? I say, a salad fit for an emperor. A salad fit for an emperor. Anyway, humans, you know, there's just there's just certain moments in history where you're like, this is where, <laughs> this is where we went. And I have another one, if you'll allow me, if you have the time, humans. When I was in high school, of course, I'm class of 99, class of the century. When I was in high school, Titanic was a very popular film. <laughs> Not only that, but my junior prom was Titanic themed. The theme of the prom was Titanic. I think my senior prom, the theme was A Night to Remember. I'm sure a lot of proms have been that theme over the years. And I'm sure there was a lot of Titanic proms in that year or two around then. But let's backtrack a bit. Before the Titanic prom, before the movie Titanic, there was the RMS Titanic which famously sank on April 15th, 1912. Now, let's just... RMS. What is RMS? I didn't know. Royal Mail Ship. Royal Mail Ship. Uh, uh, just... I'm reading Wikipedia here, humans, forgive me. Is the ship prefix used for seagoing vessels that carry mail under contract to the British Royal Mail? So there you go. I guess there was, in addition to the lives lost aboard the Titanic, there were letters. There were packages. <laughs> I'm laughing because packages are so trivial these days. 
the the things we waste an entire cardboard box on is just criminal. So, again, before the prom, there was the movie. Before the movie, there was the actual ship and subsequent ship wreck and sinking. And much in the same way, I think to myself, well, did Julius Caesar, you know, while... While knowing he was perishing of stab wounds on the portico of the Senate, you know, did he know a popular salad would be named after him? You have to wonder. The people who perished aboard the RMS Titanic you know, it was cold. It was probably terrifying. There was probably a lot of screaming. I would imagine up until their lives didn't exist anymore, it was the worst moment of their lives. And the people that survived, I imagine that was still the worst moment of their lives. Now, director James Cameron brought that to life in the 1997 film, of course. It's a love story. It's cinema. You could maybe say some of it was a tribute. Maybe. Stretch of the word maybe. But we persist. We persist too. <laughs> and I'm going to lump a human in here with me. I hope he doesn't mind. Michael and Savannah, we went to high school together. He was there that night. <laughs> Ship sinks in 1912. In the spring of 98, there's now a prop whose theme is Titanic. Now, I know that some people's proms are off campus. I know that. At my high school... The problem was on campus. At our high school, we had a cafetorium. Now, I maybe have addressed cafetorium on the pod before, humans, and if I have, forgive me. And if I've even addressed this whole concept, forgive me. But in my high school, we had a cafetorium. That's merging the two words, cafeteria and auditorium. So, enter... <laughs> Our high school cafetorium, May 2nd, 1998. It's a Saturday night, folks. May 2nd, 1998. Let's, let's walk in together, shall we, humans? A lot of nervous young people. Of course, it was an all-boys school. So to bring a date meant to ask someone from another school, you know, it wasn't... I always imagined it would have been easier to get a date if... Uh, girls had gone to our school. It was always a point of anxiety for me, at least humans. But nevertheless, we walk through the doors together. This is, I'm talking about us humans, those of us on this journey right now. We enter the doors of the cafetorium and we look out and there's a little recessed well. And that's where the bulk of the students ate lunch during the day. And that's where the dancing was going to take place on this night. 
And then on the stage of the cafetorium was like a huge cardboard, nice though, nice, but probably made of cardboard, silhouette, silhouette of the Titanic. All in one piece and afloat, horizontal, with like the little windows lit up. And behind that, practically out of view, was the DJ. You know, if we're, if we're staring at the cardboard Titanic, the cardboard RMS Titanic, pause for motorcycle. If we're staring at the cardboard RMS Titanic in the cafetorium, that's sort of the long ways view of the room, then off to the left would be the refreshments. Punch, you know, cookies, some kind of wafer thing. And of course, 90s music playing, maybe a little disco. I certainly remember a dance circle breaking out. This was the night when I really decided to start dancing for real and not just sort of be a wallflower, kind of tap around and laugh. I, I just thrust myself into it. So there, in the glow of a cardboard RMS Titanic, are young people dancing, laughing. I did the moonwalk. And to think, the same structure on April 15th, 1912, you know, rose up and then sunk into the ocean. I guess it broke in half at some point, I think, didn't it? The worst moment of people's lives, living or dead. And there we are. Now, I don't remember specifically dancing to this, but given the, the, the year it was and the you know, what DJs had to work with at the time, I bet you that that night there were over a hundred young people dancing to this tune in the shadows of a cardboard RMS Titanic. What's so funny about it to me, humans? I mean, it's sad. But to think, like, you know, just speaking for myself, I was probably very sweaty. You know, out of breath. And there we are, just having the time of our lives. Meanwhile, a rendering of a ship that all these people perished on is right, right behind us, right in front of us. I mean, hey, you think about when the ship really tilted up and started just going straight in. Whoever was on that back railing, are they thinking to themselves, man, I wonder if high schoolers will be doing the Macarena. To this ship. The unsinkable. More like 
Forgive the unthinkable law in there, humans. It just rhymed so well. I had to go for it. Heavy on the cheese. <laughs> anyway, I guess you just think to yourself sometimes, you know, like Caesar must have done quite a bit for his name to be around for so long. And I think it's just a salad. It's just a little Caesar's chain that has pizza that's just under a hot lamp. There's pizza under a hot lamp right now. If you want to leave your house and go drive and get it. It's already been made. It's hot and ready. And of course, if yours truly feels like losing a few dollars on a basketball game tonight, I can sign into my Caesars app. All right, enough of all this foolishness, humans. Let's get to something serious, like the listener line. First up, we have Brian in Pelham. Take it away, Brian. Hey, Sid, and hey, humans. This is Brian in Pelham. I wanted to, wanted to make a quick submission to the listener line here because there's something I'm very excited about. Uh, now, I'll preface this by saying I know that this is not a sports podcast, but I also know that, you know, we like to have our finger on the pulse, us humans. Uh, and I, I didn't want to have Sid miss out on the opportunity for maybe a, a Who Loves You uh, in a couple months, couple years or so. So the NBA draft lottery was just this past week. Um, and this year, the draft lottery was more exciting than the draft will be itself because uh, it's a foregone conclusion that the number one pick will be this French 19-year-old, Victor Wembanyama. He is 7'4". He can dribble the ball. He can shoot threes. I mean, the, the like upside, the way people talk about him in terms of like what he could be is like if Kevin Durant were five inches taller, basically. Uh, he's very skilled, um, great shooter, um, and he's really exciting. P people consider him, again, he might not pan out to be this good, but he's considered the best NBA prospect since uh, LeBron James, uh, so for 20 years. So the team that won the rights to him the rights to won the rights to take the first pick in the draft, which we all know will be Victor Wembanyama. Uh, San Antonio Spurs was a great spot, have a long history and great tradition of of big men who have stayed healthy, played long careers, had a lot of success with David Robinson and Tim Duncan, uh, and they've also had a lot of European players uh, and international players in general over the years. They were they were sort of ahead of the curve in taking international players, so it's a great fit. Uh, they only had a 14% chance of getting him, but it worked out. Uh, and I think a lot of neutral fans, myself included, I don't really care that much about the Spurs, but I'm happy to see him go to sort of an organization with like, you know, this well-organized, has a, has a cool history. But I wanted to get uh, your thoughts and the human's thoughts on some possible nicknames. Now, because of his like height and skill set, uh, one name that's already sort of caught on is the alien. And he said that he likes that. So, you know, now these players, like, they get to shut down nicknames they don't like. So the alien is out there. He likes it. But, you know, I think a player this good, like, he's going to have a nickname. He's going to have catchphrases and stuff. Like, LeBron isn't just King James. They also say, like, you know, when he's in the open court, they're like, and he's a freight train in the open court, stuff like that. 
Uh, so I think for we got to workshop some of these for Victor Wembanyama. A couple I've thought of are are maybe you know uh, since he's call, being called the alien, you just say stuff like, "Oh, and he is out of this world. The alien does it again." Stuff like that, or maybe um, since his name is Victor Wembanyama, I'm, I'm a big fan of this one. The name is Victor Wembanyama. So if he gets like a big offensive rebound and put put back dunk, the the announcers can say. And to the victor go the spoils. Uh, so anyway, as you can tell, I'm very fired up about this guy. He has not played a single NBA game yet, but he's kicking butt in the French professional league playing against adults. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're now probably about five, six months away from him playing his first game for the San Antonio Spurs. And I, for one, could not be more excited. And uh, yeah, just wanted to... Any humans who didn't already know, I just, you know, I, I wanted to I wanted to turn them on here. I know people come to the Sydney Hollis podcast, the Sydney Hollis show, to uh to stay up to date on all the all the cool happenings in the the, the broader world and, and sometimes the world of sports. Uh but yeah, man, loving the podcast, loving the uh the weekly episodes. They're very, very high quality. Uh so can't wait to hear this one. Talk to you soon. That's Brian in Pelham, everybody. And before we really dig our teeth into that, Brian has given us an addendum. Sid, I had one more thing I wanted to add. This was another one. This is another alien-based sort of catchphrase, you could say. Uh, So, you know, let's say he gets a block. He's a great shot blocker. I left that out. One more thing that's great about him, he's leading the French League in blocks. Um, And he's likely to sort of make an instant impact on defense, even as a rookie. Um, but, you know, if he gets, like, a particularly ferocious block, you know, and he, you know, slaps it out of bounds and, like, the whole crowd is cheering for him, the announcer can say, and this alien does not come in peace. Um, yeah, I, I had to submit a second second submission to the listener line just for that. Um, but, yeah, man, talk to you soon. All right, Brian, you earned it. The alien. Wow. I have to admit, I have been out of the loop on this. I've been watching the NBA playoffs here and there, here and there, but I have been out of the loop on this. So thank you, Brian. You know, when you say the humans come here to the show to keep their pulse, finger on the pulse of society, well, I'm one of those humans. I'm one of the humans coming to the show to catch up on current events and the goings on of society. So thank you, Brian. You've changed at least at least one life tonight, and it's mine. And you're right. I can totally hear the announcer saying things like, and that one came from way outer space, etc., etc. You know, let me chime in here too a little bit. You know, since you asked us humans to, uh, to uh, you know, say... You know, what we think. Uh, So a UFO is an unidentified flying object, you know. But we all know this guy's name. So, or we will, right? It sounds like this guy's going to be a household name if he lives up to the hype. I mean, what American household doesn't know the name Kwame Brown? Number one overall pick in 2001. But I digress. Sounds like... 
that flying object's got an identity. And it's known as Wimbenyama. <laughs> or something like that. Now, I was also thinking, if his name's the alien, and he's going to be playing for the Spurs, you know, the Spurs have black uniforms. Men in black, kind of about aliens. Obviously, Will Smith's character's not an alien. But there's some aliens that work for their little unit. So perhaps, perhaps if some other guys on the team get alien-type uh, nicknames, then they could call the Spurs the Men in Black. Hey, just jumping on, uh, just spitballing with you here, Bri. Just spitballing with you here. Now, this does pose a question that's not too comfortable to ask. But I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up. Who's he going to play for in the Olympics? Sounds like the French. That could be a problem. That could be a problem. It, let's just say, let's just say he lives up to the hype. Becomes the best player in the league. Then he plays for the French. Is there going to be a French dream team? Now, you know, the dream team was a little bit, you know, of course it was great and it was interesting. It was fun to see all those great players. But, you know, it was also sad to see, uh, you know, amateur, in quotes, amateur athletics, um, you know, pushed by the wayside for that spectacle. And, of course, we've never looked back. But, you know, we had Barkley. We had Jordan. We had Magic Johnson. We had Larry Bird. The list. Goes on and on. David Robinson. And of course, they had the USA unis. They had cool warm-ups. Are the French? <laughs> Is this going to be the start of a French dream team? A bunch of tall guys with berets on, smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Peddling there. On little bicycles with baguettes hanging out of the basket. <laughs> One can only hope. Thank you again for your call, Brian. And, uh, you know, I gave you that who loves you pretty baby because, yeah, one, hey, it's nice to know. And, yeah, yeah, we'll be playing this next year. Flop or not, you know. Thanks again, Brian. So, last week, last week we heard from Bernsey. We heard from Bernsey. Bernsey came out from hiding. He, of course, was responding to me, talking about Billy Joel and having watched a Billy Joel concert on PBS on my antenna television. And then he explained what it was like to be in college in upstate New York at State University of New York, Buffalo, or something like that. And how there was a lot of Long Islanders there, and they really, you know, 
they took their Joel seriously. And so we talked about his email, and then I told a story about my time seeing Billy Joel in Madison Square Garden. And Bernsey has now taken issue with that. So he's back. He's really out from hibernating, you know. First, it was a text email. Of course, he's really taking advantage of the listener line here, humans. Like I always say, you can send a good old-fashioned typed text email or, you know, you can record into the Voice Memo app on your phone, hit the share button, and email your recording to listenerline at sydneyhollowshow.com. Now, Bernsey has chosen the audio medium today. So let's check in and see what bone to pick he has. Hey, Sydney, what's happening? This is um, your pal, Bernsey. Listen, I really enjoyed uh, the first half of that story you told about urinating at your seat while Billy Joel played Piano Man at Madison Square Garden, but I think I speak for all humans when I say um, you didn't say anything about the conclusion of the story, and I trust you're going to finish it. I mean, we got up to the part of the story where you're standing there in the stadium holding a 22-ounce plastic cup filled with homemade apple juice, right? We gotten that far in the story. We just want to hear the end of the story. What happened next? The conclusion. I mean, uh, so far I'm feeling a little grifted, man. I mean, we paid full price and we only got a half a story. So let's uh, button that one up, if you don't mind. Also, I watched that Billy Joel uh, Yankee Stadium concert. I didn't watch it over the airwaves. I'm sorry. I live in the boonies. But I did watch it on my intelligent television using my PBS app, and uh, it's pretty good. I mean, obviously, the guy did not get where he is in life by being bad at playing the piano. That much is clear. Uh, but here's an interesting piece of trivia I picked up on. One of his sidemen on guitar, David Brown, was also one of Simon and Garfunkel's sidemen at the concert in Central Park. Full circle, right? Kind of cool. Now, look, is that surprising? No. I mean, it totally makes sense, but it's kind of interesting nonetheless. All right. Thanks, Sydney. Looking forward to the end of that story. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Looking forward to the end of this story. I told a great first half of a story. The story I told was, hey, you spend an entire Billy Joel concert waiting to hear Piano Man, waiting to hear those first few notes. And when the when the when the concert ended, quote unquote, he hadn't played it. So then there was an encore. During the first song of the encore, I was like, dude, I've got a piece so bad, okay, that I can't hold it. I'm never going to make it to the bathroom and back before the next song, which is probably Piano Man. 
and I can't take that risk. And if you've listened to the last episode, humans, you already know what happens. In a stadium full of tens of thousands of people, I unzipped my pants. Of course, everyone's staring at Billy. And I peed into a cup without anyone noticing, including my date. <laughs> now, when I told the story, I thought that that was the end. I thought, well, it's I, I guess I left it to assume that I heard the song Piano Man, which I did. Okay. So I thought the story was over. But may, maybe the second half, Bernsey, I don't know what you're asking for. You know, is the second half, are you wondering if I took a shit during Uptown Girl right after that into another cup? Is that what you're wondering? <laughs> right there in the stadium and no one noticed? Now, I don't typically like that kind of humor, but I, I just, I wonder where you're going here. Now, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, I think you might be wondering, well, what happened to the cup of urine. So let me clear it up. I did hear Piano Man. And I was I avoided going to the bathroom. He did eventually play it. And what happened to the cup of urine? Well. And it may have been 32 ounce cup honestly. Pretty big cups at stadiums. You know stadium seats have those cup holders in them now. Kind of in between the two. You know. The shoulders. Of the seats in front of you, there's cup holders kind of between them. Uh, so after I was done peeing in the cup, I very carefully, like I said, I brimmed this cup. I had nothing left in the tank, but the cup had nothing left to give either. It's sort of the opposite of the immovable object versus the unstoppable force. Uh, so I put the cup down. I put the cup in one of those cup holders. <laughs> Enjoyed the rest of the concert, which all you know didn't have much longer to go. And now, now, mind you, I'd had a few drinks that night, and some tokes of cannabis, which wasn't legal at the time. But you know, when you're in search of a good time, you're in search of a good time. So I did consider well. The right thing to do would be to carry this out and, you know, at the very least throw it in a trash can, you know, at the very least. Obviously, trash bags get holes in them and that's a whole nother kit and caboodle. And at the very most, I could have carried it into the bathroom and dumped it in the urinal or the trough or a, a commode. Um, those thoughts crossed my mind. But as quickly as they crossed my mind, um, they uncrossed it. And I left it. I left the full cup of urine in the garden. Now, it's, that wasn't right. That wasn't right. Because, like I said, I practically brimmed it. I mean, I did brim it. So some worker had to pick that up. And I hope, I hope they did so carefully. I hope they did so very carefully. Also, when they picked it up, it probably was warmer than a typical beer. So it may have been startling. You pick up something you're expecting to be cold to semi-cold to at the warmest room temperature, and maybe it's more close to your body temperature. Maybe you, you like 
maybe you react. Maybe you, like, spasm. And that causes you to perhaps spill this brimmed beverage on your fingers. I don't know. Does it keep me up at night? It will tonight, now that I'm going through it. But it did actually haunt me that night. I don't know if it was when I got back home or if it was like on the... If I had to guess, I took a car service home that night. I don't... You know, late, late at night, love a good ride share home, love a good car service or a taxi home. Um, but I do remember thinking, and it must have been when I got home that night or early the next morning. Now, like I said, I did imbibe in some cannabis, which, some, you know, one of the side effects is paranoia. I'm a pretty anxious guy anyway. I did think to myself, man... This could be some sort of uh, human rights violation. Why did I leave it in my seat? They're going to track us down. They're going to track me down. And I did have that fleeting thought. But then I thought, well, I think these tickets were purchased off of StubHub. So that's, that's like another party to have to, you know, someone else originally bought them. I thought, well, there's enough hoops to jump through where the authorities won't get me. <laughs> but I did sort of wake up thinking, why didn't I put it one cup holder over before we left? But I didn't. So, Bernsey, I hope that's the second half of that story you're asking for. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. All right, humans. I said we'd talk a little artificial intelligence, and you're not surprised by that a bit if I had to guess. Every day in the news, every day in the news, it's this or that. AI's going to take this job pretty soon. AI's going to take that job pretty soon. The Writers Guild of America keeps saying, hey, we're striking against these robots. <laughs> we're striking against the studios eventually trying to use these robots. And it's, you know, there's more and more robot baristas, apparently. I heard a rumor there's going to be one in Greenpoint, where, right here. Right here where I live. I won't be going to it, humans. I assure you that. Um, but, you know, I think to myself, don't we all sort of check in on ourselves and think, well, 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 you know, not my job. No, no, not what I do. No, no, no. I couldn't be replaced by an AI. No, 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 not me. And some of that's fear, and some of that's probably real. But maybe we're thinking about it wrong. Maybe we're thinking about it in our job life. I can't tell you how many times I've heard one member of a couple say things like, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'm better than most boyfriends out there. I'm better than most husbands out there. I'm better. I'll tell you one thing. I'm better than most girlfriends or wives out there. I've heard people say these things. I've heard people say these things. Now, someone saying these things asks me for my opinion. I say, well, you're not dating most other people. You're not married to most other people. You're 
dating or married to one person. And that it's, you know, that's kind of their opinion, really. I don't know why you're creating a, you know, a chart or an argument as to how great you are compared to everyone else. It doesn't really matter. But you start to think, what if the place we could be replaced by AI is not at work, but is at home in our relationships? I'm sure there are plenty of unsatisfied people that were like, you know what? I would much rather date a robot than you. I would much. I mean, you can kind of hear someone with a sense of humor like Roseanne. And of course, I mean, before she was canceled for saying something racist. But just, you know, like her character on her TV show. I could see her just eventually getting sick of Dan and saying, ah, you know what? I I would rather be married to an AI. And that might be all it would take. An AI would do all the chores. An AI would sit down and write checks and mail them to the companies whom you owe bills to. Back when that was something that you did. Again, I'm thinking of the television show Roseanne for some reason. Perhaps that's what we should be thinking about in our nightmares, humans. Not being replaced by AI in the workplace. But being replaced by AI in the home. And I don't just mean sexually. <laughs> Perhaps emotional support. Perhaps, you know, the one member of the couple who's not going to drink at the party that night so they can drive you home. There's a lot... There's a lot of being in a couple that an AI could really do. <laughs> get the kids up. Get them ready for school. Drop them off. Go to parent-teacher night. Go learn about the children's marks. <laughs> I kind of like to say marks instead of grades. Pick the kids up from soccer. Bring orange wedges to the soccer game. Anyway, humans, food for thought. Well, it's been another stimulating week. I thank you for breaking bread with me here at our collective table, The Hideaway. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Bernsey. So, hey. I'll see you next week. Of course, you can always participate. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Humans, peace and love. Peace and love. Preakness is on Saturday. Give it a watch. Good day. <laughs>